0: Welcome to On Mission, brought to you by the Catholic Apostolate Center. Today we're joined by Father Frank, Kate, and Chris, and we're talking about prayer during the COVID-19 crisis. So I think it's interesting that this entire crisis, this pandemic, uh, happened to... I guess here in the United States at least, uh, come to the forefront really during the season of Lent. that kind of, I, I can remember Ash Wednesday and uh, I was in the office at work and we had a meeting with a client outside of the office and there was no care in the world, um, just going. And, and I remember in the meeting, you know, people were saying, yeah, well, we don't really know what's going to happen, but blah, 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 whatever. And then in a matter of that Wednesday to the Monday after, uh, we were told, start working from home. And in that just short a period of time, everything, it's cliche to say, but everything changed. And, and, and I couldn't stop thinking, like – this is all happening during Lent and there is there some connection here that we're, that, that, that we're not seeing, um, you know, we're, we're, being told to isolate where we can't see people where our routines are changing. We have to give up certain things. Um, and, uh, it's all happening during Lent. I just find that so fascinating.
1: Yeah. My Lenten observances have definitely changed this year because of the coronavirus. Um, I had, my list of things I wanted to do, things I was going to give up. And a lot of those are completely out the window. Um, just because I had to adjust, uh, my prayer life to, um, to accommodate what my actual life was, was looking like day to day. And, um, I realized that there were more fruitful things that I, I, I needed to be doing and spending my time on. And also just that, that this whole season has been a, a a stronger and more powerful lent for us because we're giving up things that we didn't want to give up, things that we didn't choose to give up. And so you know, I've really been spending a lot of time in prayer um, throughout this time because that is just the foundation of each of my days i've I've my prayer life has ramped up significantly throughout this um, pandemic. and What's made that really easy is all of the amazing resources that are out there. Um, I'm able to watch mass pretty much daily um, from my neighborhood parish here and um, i listen to people's homilies reflections Um, the catholic apostolate center covid 19 resource page has just an incredible wealth of information a lot of reflections um, on a lot of different topics anywhere from mental health during this time to cooking tips um, to how to create an inner monastery and routine throughout your days um, and so, yeah, prayer has really been fundamental, not only to the season of Lent, as you know, we, we tr- it's one of the three pillars that we talk about um, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, but also, especially throughout this pandemic. Um, what, what types of prayer have you guys found to be fruitful during this time?
2: I find that the, the opportunity for a, or even more regular communal prayer, I have to do a lot of travel. For, for the work that I do for the center and that time that takes me away from my religious community fairly often and my local community And while we continue the prayer life here um, I've now I'm there all the time now and that's really a, a wonderful thing and it's been a very enriching thing for me during this time.
0: I think, um, I think for me, what I've, I think, what I've found myself doing more and more of is a lot of um, reflection and taking. Much like what Kate said, that there's just so much out there, um, stuff that was there before the this pandemic and, and, you know, maybe taking now a closer look at things, um, but also just in kind of sitting in amazement at the amount of sharing of our faith that people are willing to do and are willing to talk about in areas that you may not have seen that before, um, certainly on social media. But the opportunity that, as Kate mentioned, even local parishes being um, so, uh, you know, kind of pushed into this um, this online world of let me share. Are my my homilies let me share the opportunity for our parish community to come together in a virtual you know adoration um to 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 come together as a community um to just to, to watch and experience at least the mass together um you know these are opportunities in some cases that were always there um now i've become more numerous but certainly the opportunity has presented itself to pause and to take advantage of this stuff now um my mother uh contacted me (laughs) uh, this past weekend and she said you know it's oh it's palm sunday where can i go to mass and it's like mom hello uh can't and you know and that's just like sad and i at first i you know i said okay mom you know remember there's everything's been canceled etc you know you can go online or whatever and then i circled back on that opportunity and i i emailed her which i very rarely do but i did email her and i gave her a whole bunch of links on where she could um watch palm sunday mass online and 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 you know, she took advantage of that. And so, um, I think, you know, that, that opportunity for personal reflection and personal sharing has been important for me during this time.
2: A number of people have really taken to, to watching those, uh, live streams or recorded masses, uh, and have set up a home altar, uh, mm-hmm. and are, are doing, the various prayer postures and uh, within the mass that people would normally do and yeah it's not the same and and that's that's very true but i think it it connects us with the larger body of christ it's not for everyone and others have have now added other ways in which they're praying and that's a beautiful thing and i think that the important thing is that is praying during this time because it is our communication with god whether that comes in the form of meditation or contemplation or various types of formal prayer and uh, such as the rosary or the liturgy of the hours or prayer cards that we might have of different saints and mm-hmm. novenas and devotions or just simply a conversation with god about What's happening? Intercessory prayer, as well, for the, the different people who are in need of prayer right now. Whether it's medical personnel, first responders, people who are sick, people who are dying, people who have died. There, there are all kinds of opportunities for us to connect via prayer with God and with others in a, a tremendous way. Some of you have even gone online. The, the Knights of Columbus Council at Catholic University leads a rosary every Monday night mm. in St. Vincent de Paul Chapel there on campus, and that's a public rosary, and there are people who come, and so they took it online, and they they're still continuing Monday nights having this rosary, and I don't lead it. I I'm there as part of the group, uh, and they're they're leading it as just as they do as in the chapel. And so I think there are ways also that we can take some of those prayer practices and things that we might do with groups and, and conceivably take some of that online or figure out ways in which we can do that, um, in which we're we're connecting with one another in, in ways that, yes, are going to be different. They're not going to be the same, uh, but they continue the practice of prayer. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Our pastor has also started to do a rosary um, prior to the live stream masses on Sunday. That has been just a wonderful way to connect as a parish community as well. Um, and I've just, I've found that I've been so spoiled too, with all that's out there in terms of reflections and masses and adoration. And um, I'll, I, I, you know, on Sunday I I'll listen to, and, and, participate in a live stream mass as much as I can. And then later that day when I'm outside or on a walk, I'll listen to a homily from another priest or someone else's reflection. And, and I find that what, what I think really instigated this just huge thirst personally for, for prayer and diverse forms of prayer was the lack of being able to receive the Eucharist. That to me was like this just switch happened. As soon as someone told me, I, I am not able to attend mass. I'm not able to receive the Eucharist. It was like, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to fill that hunger um, in other ways? And I found that that hunger has just grown and that, you know, my prayer life will be anything from the novenas to a rosary to um, offering up my my insignificant quiet day, you know, with kids at home, behind the scenes, not interacting with many people, Um, you know, just offering that up or just praying, like you said, Father, the intercessory prayers, which are so important right now um, and so beautiful how we can still be united in our prayer for one another. Um, And so there, there are just so many ways that we can pray and lift our hearts to God during this time. Um, and I think that that really is what what helps to sustain us and to help us to persevere and that also will give us hope during this time um, because we don't know when this will end and and we need that daily conversation with God to help sustain us in each moment to just to, to keep moving on to keep going forward.
2: I think it's also brought back to the fore some. Traditional Catholic practices that people didn't, haven't really thought about. A, a number of people, I was taught them as a young person, but uh, I know that I'm not necessarily normative when it comes to that. And that's spiritual communion and the act of perfect, uh, contr- you know, contrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, that those are in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I mean, if there's those who think those are suddenly like new and different things, the great saints over the centuries. We also have to keep in mind that that something like frequent communion was really only promoted in the Church for all, particularly lay people, by uh, Pope Saint Pius the Tenth. So it's a little over a hundred years that frequent communion has become more normative mm-hmm. and these types of things people would would not receive communion at, and that's one of the reasons why there's the easter duty of receiving communion at least once a year during the easter season which in a number of, of dioceses has been um, lifted that duty because of the situation but that somewhere within the the first sunday of lent to trinity sunday somewhere in there that at the minimum a practicing catholics are called to receive the eucharist within that time frame and then if they're in the in the state of mortal sin and preferably also if, even if with venial sins to to go to confession uh, prior to that communion so that has been has is it was put in there as a practice in order to get people to at least once a year receive the Eucharist and therefore also go to confession and so forth. But these other practices, the act, for example, you know, you think about the military mm-hmm. that uh, or remote mission stations that don't see a priest, don't have masses, don't have these. We're in solidarity at this point with many of these people. Um, and it's challenging. It's difficult but it is—it's—it's um, it's something that I think we—I think that, that at times when we take these things for granted, mm-hmm. um, that the longing, as you say, is there, and it's a beautiful longing. But there are also things that the church supplies in the midst of this longing, like spiritual communion, like the act of. Uh, perfect contrition, which of course, even after you make that, when the next time that you're able to go to confession, then to to uh, to be able to uh, confess to confess those sins at that time. So I, th- I think there are these these practices that people are uh, are recognizing, and that the church herself is promoting. But also, you know, Chris had mentioned about Lent and the conversion, and that's something that Pope Francis really has focused on. That uh, especially when he did his uh, his address uh, in the empty St. Peter's Square for the Irby at Orby, and he talked about that this is an opportunity for us to even make a fuller conversion to the Lord. Lord has not abandoned us. In fact, He's very much with us in this time and in this moment, and and called us. We're we're in in effect. It's an opportunity for us to set aside the things that are that are holding us back, and that invitation that he makes for even deeper conversion. That is just part and parcel of Lent, as well.
0: I I mean, I'm, I guess for for us, you know, it's 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 been given us an opportunity to reflect on what does prayer mean to us as a family, um, and I don't think. Not to say that we haven't had the opportunity to do that before, but as we begin to, um, well, let me restart that actually by saying, you know, um, I talked a little bit about Lent uh, kind of kicking this whole thing or this whole thing kicking off during Lent, but one of the first, at least in my, our spiritual life as a family one of the first casualties was we were planning on having our son baptized on March 14th. And that was in the weekend of mass, you know, cancellations mass, you know, mass in the term of, of widespread. A diocese were coming out left and right to say that, you know, things are too dangerous out there and we need to shut things down and we need to cancel. We need to close. We need to limit. Um, And, you know that was one of the the first uh, first casualties in terms of our kind of family prayer life. And, 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 you know, it's it's obviously you know it will it will happen at an appropriate time, and and it's not like it won't happen, but it it does. It gave us a moment to pause and to say, well, okay, well, what do we do now, and how do we move forward. Um, how do we continue to look forward to that day where we get to bring our son, um, you know, into the faith? Um, and 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 like I said, um, I think it's just given us an opportunity to make some decisions about how we want to. Um, Bring up our son in the faith on how we want to introduce our son to prayer and what does that you know, you know we can pray now of course i like to i'm i'm very uh, <laughs> my wife would off my wife would say that i'm being silly but i, I i'm not convinced that uh at oh, just over two months that he can actually understand what i'm saying i i've been told otherwise but uh it's certainly the getting into the rhythm and getting into the practice and getting into the um, the routine of prayer is important. Um, and so I think this whole situation presents with us with an opportunity to pause, reset, and maybe rethink and um, therefore, you know, go out when this is over, uh, renewed with a, a sense of prayer routine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my sons are four and two, and um, our four-year-old is able to grasp that something's going on, that there's a virus, that he can't go out you know, to the playground or to the library or to his friend's house, and he I think he has seen that as a family, we've turned more and more to various forms of prayer during this time to sustain us. Um, You know, in the morning when I'm making breakfast for the boys and we're starting off our day, I'll turn on the live stream of our parish's morning mass and we'll listen to um, the readings and the homilies. Um, We, Before naps, we're we're praying the rosary to kind of quiet us down. Um, He sees the formality with which we try to do the Sunday live stream of the mass. Um, we'll do family walks and on the walks, maybe we'll pray a decade of the rosary or we'll stop outside of our church, which is closed. Um, there's a little Mary garden with a statue of our lady and we've brought her flowers and we've prayed for those that are, um, sick and for an end to the virus and for all those that are struggling. And so, yeah, I think this, this time has, has reshifted our focus and, with the lack of us being able to go out and be distracted by all of our activities, prayer, I think, is what has grounded us as a family. Um, and also with my husband, who is still working. So he works, you know, full time from home and has actually had longer hours, surprisingly, during this time. Um, but we do our novena together um, for an end to the virus, or we'll do a decade of the rosary, or we'll share where we saw God in throughout our day. And so, yeah, prayer takes very many forms during this time, but it's important to, to keep doing it as a family and also, you know, to try to see how we can pray as a church and as a community. I was very touched by Pope Francis's Orbi at Orbi blessing. And he had, I believe it was about 15 minutes of adoration after his blessing. Um, And just the thought of so many hundreds of thousands of people across the world praying and receiving that blessing together was a very powerful experience for me. Um, Very just, I was, I was very touched by it personally. So um, yeah, I think there are a lot of creative ways that we can pray not only by ourselves, but also reach out and maybe pray a rosary with friends or, um, read scripture together and reflect on that, um, or journal, like you were saying, Chris. A lot of reflection during this time.
2: Yeah, there's there's tremendous opportunities that are that are there uh, for for us to have uh, prayer uh, with one another and prayer together as a as a church community. And I, I think that it's important for us to to recognize that. There are many different ways to pray. Uh, we have a number of resources on the center's website uh, related to that, and I think we need to recognize that that there are uh, opportunities uh, for us to be able to do that and to to take the time to pray. It's it's not some, and especially if we have extra time on our on our hands, there's really an opportunity for us to to recognize that we're, we're not alone in this, that Christ is with us. And that is something that I think is um, we just have to continually remind each other of, not just simply uh, stop for a moment and, and think about it for just a moment, but really enter into the fact that Christ is with us. And that's a a tremendous uh, opportunity for us to recognize. So,
0: we have uh, plenty of resources online related to this current pandemic that we're in. We also have our prayer and catechesis resource page, um, and we have some some specific resources under prayer and catechesis that we've pulled out, and uh, that might be particularly relevant to you during this time. Uh, go ahead and check out our resource page at catholicapostolatecenter.org. Just click on the COVID-19 resource page button, and you should be able to find uh, lots of resources, Podcasts, webinars, articles, and links to various um, trusted sources to help you get through this time. And be sure also to uh, share this podcast with anyone that you think uh, would benefit from hearing hearing us and talking with us. Um, and and let us know what you're doing. Uh, let us know how it is how you're doing through this uh, this crisis by leaving us a comment on our Facebook page, uh, our Twitter or Instagram, uh, sending us an email at info at catholicapostolatecenter.org. And we're also accepting prayer intentions, um, prayer requests that are going to be offered up at daily mass in the St. Vincent Pilate Chapel at the Catholic Apostolate Center. You can find that uh, form to fill out uh, on our resource page as well. Thank you again for listening to On Mission, a podcast brought to you by the Catholic Apostolate Center. Be sure to like, review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more information on these and other topics, be sure to visit us at catholicapostolatecenter.com.